What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Seals Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy Jenner. Thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Wes and Cam. If you haven't checked it out, go back and listen to our conversation with the goaltenders, Nick and Frankie. It's a great conversation about life between the pipes. This week, uh, we're going coast to coast. We got Venice Beach slash the West Coast of California and some Montreal up there in Northern Canada. We got Eli Gobrecht and Oliver Bolsterly. Fellas, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for having us, Teddy. No worries, guys. Ollie, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having us. Excited to be on the pod, finally. It, it's The cool thing about this is the fact that you guys haven't seen each other for over a year. So when we first got on this conversation, it was like, oh, man, how you been? What's going on? Catching up. It's a really cool part of the things that we're doing with everything throughout the social distance and COVID. When was the last time you guys saw each other? Man, I think it was probably uh, in San Diego when we played Rochester uh, back on the Star Wars night. So it's it's been quite a while. Um, but yeah, it's good to see you, Ollie, even over video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great, man. I, it's It's been so long. Like I'm trying to think last time I thought I didn't think it was going to be the last time I was ready to fly out to van the next weekend for our next game. And to think I wouldn't see the boys for a good year, it's going to be a bit longer maybe, but you're uh you guys are both kind of doing your day-to-day stuff all you're still in school in finance at mcgill how's that going for you it's going well online's been quite the shift it's been it's just kind of crazy because we don't have the in class we don't have like the person to person every day thankfully i live in a house with a couple other guys good friends on my lacrosse team here so it keeps me busy but it'd be nice to if the world could go back to normal pretty soon you know yeah are you guys doing any lacrosse at mcgill on the on the team or are you guys completely shut down no, we're completely shut down. We don't really have the budget the American teams do, and our season's normally in the fall. So um, our school's completely on shutdown, so we don't have anything in person at all. I think they're starting it up this summer, so we got our fingers crossed for the fall, but that's our only chance, really. Eli, if you were in school and didn't have lacrosse, do you think you would go insane? Yeah, I'd probably be uh, driving myself a little bit crazy. <laughs> uh, as a D guy, I know we got to get our energy out by uh, – smacking some guys around so it's it's got to be tough right now so i feel your pain ollie what have you been up to uh lately eli you know you do a lot of camps with kids you you're getting ready to head back up north to the pacific north northwest to my neck of the woods what it's been keeping you busy yeah so i've been down in san diego living with uh, westberg and moose at the house uh for the past couple months which has been awesome it's it's nice being in a place where you can always be outside, especially during the pandemic. So I've been coaching the junior seals with those boys and cam um, doing that a couple nights a week, been coaching a youth program up in Rancho Santa Fe, the Eagles. So unfortunately I'm going to miss our first game because I'm heading back up to Seattle, but uh, it's been good. I've been trying to improve my golf game, which is pretty terrible. If you ask Wes about that, he'll get a good chuckle out of it. Um, been surfing a couple times and then Wes and I have been, you know, working out a lot and also uh, getting pretty competitive with our uh, pickleball game. Yeah. So I, I was going to been fun. Uh, I, I talked to Wes last week about your pickleball battles. Uh, oh, you God. Only, <laughs> how's that going? What's your record now? I would say I've probably won about five games out of like maybe 50 against Wes. So uh, he always has kind of a, a salty taste in his mouth when I beat him. It's, it's not very often, uh, but Wes was a pretty good tennis player. So, it's a good way for me to stay in shape because I'm running all over the court. I don't think he gets as much of a workout as I do, though. 
Ollie, do you do you notice the competitiveness between those guys? Like even in the locker room, is, is it a fun environment being around those guys? Oh, it's always great. You know, with our team, especially like even when we're at practice, it's such a high intensity. Everyone's giving it to each other. So I could only imagine outside of the lacrosse too, that doesn't stop. There's always that competitive nature. Who's the most competitive guy in the team, you think? Oh, that's a really tough question. I'm trying to think. Uh, I might I have say, to say, I would say Glick, honestly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is a good one. No one, like, even when we do team workouts and stuff, he will do some crazy stuff. Like, we did a 5K just run, see what our time was, and he threw on, like, a weight vest for it just to show the boys <laughs> up a little bit. Humble brag. I can run 5K with a 20-pound weight vest on yeah. and still beat everybody. <laughs> what, what's, what's the environment like around that team? Um, obviously, like I said, it's it's been a year, but w- when you guys are together and you're at knock around field, it's a Friday night before game, the sun's out, you guys are having a great time. What's the atmosphere uh, around that group, Ollie? Oh, it's been great for me. I kind of came in late to the season a bit last year mm-hmm. and it was, it's just like a locker room that you love to be a part of. Cause like the day one I show up, everyone's the most welcoming there. They just know what it's like to be a pro and they just treat everyone the same way. And then it's always fun when it needs to be and it's business when it needs to be too. And it's always good to just have that group of guys that always has your back, you know? Eli, you've been there since day one this this past season. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I just think we have such a great mix of guys from different backgrounds and ages. Like, you know, Brody's almost 40 here. And then we had Ollie and Sykesy who were both uh, like 20 and 19 playing their rookie year so. It's pretty cool to see, like, the mix of personalities there. And, yeah, like Ollie said, like, a Friday night in San Diego sounds pretty nice. But uh, we, we keep it pretty intense at practice um, pregame. I know if I'm dropping passes, Patty's usually screaming at me. So um, it's, it's all fun and games until you start screwing up. So, you know, we like to have fun, but it's definitely an ultra-competitive environment. It's awesome to see throughout the National Lacrosse League these coaching staffs form of guys that are former National Lacrosse Leaguers and guys that have played together and been around each other for a long time. And obviously, Patty, Bill, and Schutz have have grown together into quite a relationship and a triumvirate of coaches. As a player, Eli, what's the dynamic like between those three guys? Uh, it's a pretty funny d- dynamic, like you said. You know, they're they're old friends, so they go back a long ways. Um, so it was kind of fun after last training camp. You know, we got to go and and get a couple drinks, and the coaches loosened up a bit, so you can kind of see like the old uh, competitiveness out of those guys too. But yeah. it's pretty awesome on our bench. Like, um, you know, Patty really gets us fired up for games, and then during the games, Billy is awesome with you know the way he kind of communicates and makes adjustments, and then Shooter's got the offense dialed. So. Um, you know, they're as much as a team and a part of our team as, as the boys. So it's pretty awesome to see that. All you obviously have a, a pretty good relationship with the Merrills being a Hill guy, but you also had Patty as a coach uh, when you were with Six Nations. Is he different now than he was when you were in junior? Um, it's a little different for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. He's still the same old guy, still very intense. Mm. And the guy knows how to win. And, you know, he does what needs to be done. I also had Billy was in Six Nations, too, as an assistant coach there. Both great. Can't speak super highly of both of them and Shooter, obviously. But hasn't changed too much. But you can tell he's dealing with a different crowd for sure. The younger ones, sometimes, you know, you got to take it a bit easier on every once in a while. Whereas the older guys, you can let it fly a little bit, too. 
you have Brody at the Hill Academy. What's it like to play with Brody now? I still slip up sometimes in the room and I'll call him coach just because he was my <laughs> coach for three years. And then we'll have a good chuckle about that. I got to catch myself, but it's been good. Just having that leadership. Like I've seen him as a coach and then as a leader, just one of the best leaders in the game, one of the best captains anyone could ask for. It's been unbelievable. You guys have both taken different paths to get to the national crossing. Eli, you're a D three guy. All you're still in school now. But Eli, it took you a couple tries to, to break into the National Lacrosse League. What was that process like for you? Was there ever a moment where you thought maybe box isn't for me? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think uh, I've had that moment before, especially not coming from a box background. Like I played one summer of senior B with the Onondaga Red Hawks um, in upstate New York. So that was my junior year, between my junior and senior year of college. Um, and then it was actually Doug Locker who reached out to me on a – Facebook message, which is so random when I was a senior at Ithaca, was like, Hey, do you, you know, you ever thought about playing in the NLL and I jumped at that immediately. So, um, had an opportunity to go and try out for the Warriors when they were uh, still the Vancouver stealth and made it a couple weeks through camp and got cut. And I was like, ah, that hurts. Uh, cause I, I moved out to the West coast kind of to do that and to coach in Seattle. Um, and then I got an opportunity with the Seals the first year um, that they were in San Diego and was one of the last cuts. And at that point, it was it was kind of tough because, you know, I was still playing uh, pro field lacrosse. So it was something I wanted to stay involved in. And just being in camp for a couple of weeks with the first year, like I knew how much I respected Patty and the, the way that he was going to run this organization. And I knew it was something I still wanted to be a part of. So I was able to to make the team uh, last year after camp. Um, and, you know, it's been a long road here, but I don't really have any regrets about the path I took. And it's led me to be here with you guys today. Yeah. So can't complain. What was the, what was the feeling like when you got, you know, the final acknowledgement that you were going to be a full-time roster guy in the national cross league? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, I still like, you know, not necessarily doubting myself going into camp last year, but, had a little bit more of a chip on my shoulder, like, okay, this is probably if I get cut the last time I'm going to try this. Um, mm -hmm. So I remember we were getting our gear bags, like after the last day camp and I had one with my name on, I was like, okay, I think I made the team here. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to take the time to put your name on a bag and then cut you, right? Yeah, right. Hopefully not. <laughs> uh, Ollie, you're, you're a, a guy that grew up in Montreal, not truly a hotbed of lacrosse, but there is a lot of lacrosse there. And you obviously make your way to the Six Nations Arrows and the, a, a talented junior program, win a Minto Cup. What were your early days like in the, in, in the lacrosse world? Uh, so actually, funny story about this. Um, I actually didn't grow up in Montreal. My oh. family moves about every four years. So I kind of played lacrosse all over. Never once in a hotbed, though. I actually okay. started my lacrosse career in Regina, Saskatchewan. For those of who don't know that, that's the center. Uh, it's where it's like two hours outside of where the rush play. So that was kind of crazy. But the journey was something else. I got to I actually got my opportunities through field lacrosse originally because I went to the hill and then I finally mm -hmm. got to play junior because not a lot of people make junior out of the center I was at. So Yeah. So so you didn't you were weren't really a box guy until you started playing field lacrosse? Well, I was a box guy. It was just never at a high level. So right. I never really had coaches to take me to the next level. And then I was fortunate enough to get on a travel field team, which really afforded me that opportunity because it eventually got me into the hill. Mm -hmm. And then once you're there, you have a lot of connections that can Absolutely. help you do well. 
and and a lot of those kids at the Hill Academy are, are making waves in the NCAA and in college. You decided to stay in Canada and play in the CUFLA, the KUFLA, uh, with the McGill Redmond. What was that decision like for you? Was it a tough decision to stay closer to home, or was that always a plan for you? So it was a really tough decision because uh, the level of cross definitely isn't the same. But what it really came down to is when I was a senior in high school, I just really wanted to go to the best school academically that I possibly could. And there, there wasn't really um, like the open doors that I was looking for in the States for me to be able to make that happen down there. So it was kind of just more of a, and I could still play lacrosse here. It might not have been at the same level, but it was just getting to go to a school like McGill was just an opportunity I really couldn't pass up. And for you, Eli, the D3 route, was that kind of uh, the plan from the beginning or was that an opportunity to stay closer to home? Yeah, it was definitely an opportunity to stay closer to home. Uh, my mom was working at Ithaca College at the time, so I got a lot of help with uh, tuition there, um, and that was a big part of my decision. But I was actually looking to play college hockey originally, so I played hockey and lacrosse from the age of like probably four. Um, and before my senior year of high school, I signed a junior hockey contract with the Rochester Stars in the Eastern Junior League. So I was kind of committed to that already, and then – I had a really kind of a breakout senior year at Ithaca High School. And my coach was like, hey, if you ever want to play college lacrosse, there's some coaches interested. And um, never like really pursued that till after that year of junior hockey. Like I was actually almost going to move to Cornwall, Ontario for my second year of junior hockey and play for the Cornwall Colts. And uh, no disrespect to Cornwall, but I was kind of like, ah, this is like the middle of nowhere. I'm not sure I want to live here as a as a 19 year old. Um, so I made the decision back to school, um, play for Coach Long at Ithaca, and ended up starting every game there for four years. Uh, we had some good playoff runs and made some great relationships. Got a lot better at lacrosse and learned a lot more about the game and. Um, that sort of led to more opportunities like playing senior B with the Red Hawks. And then, you know, the way I really learned box lacrosse was summer 2018 when I was a rookie on the Denver Outlaws. I was playing senior B for Ladner up in Vancouver. Oh, so I with the Ladner Pie. Well, we lost Eli. Eli froze. That's okay. It happens in Venice Beach. We'll get him back in a second. Um, Ollie, did I see that you spent some time in BC? Yeah, actually, um, well, I was born there. Like I said, both family, both my parents, we moved well, yeah, a lot as kids. Office. So I was actually born in, North, born in North Vancouver, and then I got to move around a bit from there. I haven't really been back since then too much, but I'd really like to go back. I was hoping I'd get to play junior out there last year, but that didn't happen. Hopefully, well, I, one day. I've but... got some connections out here, buddy. I can bring you out west. Don't you worry. That sounds great. I'd love <laughs> to do that. Um, let's talk about some first for you. you, you, you you get that first call from Patrick Merrill when the Seals drafted you. Obviously, we talked about your relationship with Patrick Merrill and the Hill Academy, but when you get that call and you hear your name that you're drafted in the National Crossing by the San Diego Seals, what's that moment like for you? Well, it's like a dream come true, you know, and then just to have, like, I'd heard good things about in San Diego the whole route, and I know that anything that Patty and Billy and the coaching staff that I know kind of knew coming up or a part of I knew it was going to be great so it's really exciting whenever you get to go to a world-class organization like San Diego and then you mentioned it, it took you a little while to to get with the team obviously it took you uh, you know there were some some issues that didn't allow you to participate with the team right away but when you're with the club and you get the call and Patty says Ollie 
We're going to Halifax and you're in. Were there nerves? A little bit of nerves, you know. Um, I I can't lie to you. I was pretty petrified at the start. But then, like, once you shake the nerves off and you're like, I've been training for this. I'm ready to go. I've stayed in shape. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm ready to go as soon as we hit Halifax. You know, you shake it off pretty quick and you get straight to business. And then I still remember when I first got there, Patty said, you know, we didn't bring you in to make the team. We brought you in for us to win. And then I knew it was game time from that moment out. That's got to be a pretty empowering statement to hear from your coach that not just to play, but to win. Yeah, no, that it just showed he had a bit of confidence in me, gave me the bump I needed. And then I played pretty well my first game. Did you get a little bit of razzing when Nonkin Thompson ran you over in that breakaway? <laughs> yeah, I, I had to call it for a couple, two weeks with the concussion right after that. Oh, really? Yeah, it was it was pretty minor, but it was not what you want to see in your first game. No. So, yeah, that was something. I came back pretty fast, though, so I was very happy about that. But, yeah, that'll, that'll do it for a little bit. <laughs> What was life like um, at the Hill Academy? Is it is it a, a true prep school where, where people are living in, in dorms and stuff like that? Or is it sort of a day school? It's a little bit of a day school, but they do have dorms there now. Yeah. And it's 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 definitely a prep school, but it's they really pride themselves on being blue collar. So they put in all the work and stuff like that. But it, it was great. It was great. It's a great place to train and, and just learn. And it grew me a lot as a person in the end. So. Are you a little jealous you don't get to hang out the new campus? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I'm just excited for all the students to come after me. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, I didn't. Well, there was groups that laid the foundation and the campus that we were at. It was a step up from the guys the years before us. So I'm just happy that they'll get to experience it. Absolutely. Welcome back, Eli. Eli, how are you? Buddy? I'm good. I think I had to switch over to the hotspot here. So I hope you guys can hear me now. <laughs> That's all right, man. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we were talking about firsts. Um, your first game in the National Cross League was in Buffalo. Uh, being a, an upstate New York guy, that's got to be a pretty cool moment. Yeah, that, that was special for me. And, like, you know, kind of the way it works with the league, especially as a rookie, is you don't really know if you're in the lineup, like, even the night before the game. So I remember Philly telling me at, like, the shoot-around, like, hey, like, you're playing. You're playing a lot tonight. And I was like, oh, Okay. I'll get ready here because um, I had uh, had my mom and, or I had my dad and my aunt and uncle there and a couple buddies from uh, from home that came out. So it was it was awesome. I mean, what an environment for your first NLL game too because Bandit Land is pretty nuts. So that was awesome. Unfortunately, lost that game, but um, kind of awesome place for me to to start my NLL career for sure. And then sticking with the New York theme, you get your first goal against the Riptide on Long Island. That must have been a special moment. Do you remember the play, and can you break it down for us? Yeah, no, I, I remember the play. It was it was late in the game, and we were up by a few goals, so they had pulled their goalie. Um, and I, I saw Brody going for a loose ball in our DN, and, of course, he's going to pick it up. So I started breaking <laughs> out early. Um, caught the ball, got doubled immediately in the middle of the floor. I was playing with quite a bag at the time. So luckily the ball didn't come out. I was able to get out of the double team and then uh, John Rannigan hopped in net. So I had to make a little move on him. Uh, I think I went switch by a bowl. I think I go every time. And then uh, threw a little celly, even though it was an empty netter, because I had some buddies <laughs> down in the corner that I like saw. So I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was like <laughs> I don't know if I should celebrate that empty netter or not, but it felt good to put one away. Have you still bug John about that? 
Oh yeah, scored on Randy. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we played together on the the U.S. indoor team for a little bit, so yes. I know him pretty well. And he had a play earlier in the game where I knocked him down, knocked the ball out, and then he picked the ball up and scored somehow. So I, I owed him one. <laughs> yeah. We, we before you joined back in, we were talking to Ollie about his first game in Halifax and when he got truck stick by Nonk and Thompson and had to be two <laughs> weeks out with a concussion. You got it's got to be tough to see a young kid, you know, when his first game. You obviously had just experienced it a month before that, but to see a young kid in his first game kind of get flattened, truck sticked like that. Yeah, I mean, I honestly like the game goes so fast. I don't even know if I remember the play. I was probably gasping for air on the bench at the time, <laughs> but um, it's crazy because, like, for Ollie's first NLL game, like, he was playing really really well and playing a lot too so like I was fired up for him and then I remember coming in for one of the intermissions and they're like Ollie's out I'm like what <laughs> so I'm um, glad he was able to recover from that and uh, he's still a beast out there on the floor for just a 21 year old so it's been a lot of fun playing with him and uh, getting to know him off the floor too feel the same way about Eli Ollie yeah, no, it's great. Eli's also was kind of new to the team this year, but he just like he's got a leadership role. I guess so many guys on the team do too. And it's just like you look up to a guy like that, even though he hasn't been playing that long. He's just he's a great player and a great pro, you know. What was the biggest learning curve for you, Ollie, from from junior to senior or even to NLL? I think the biggest thing is just IQ level of all the players because in the NOL once you start to play with those guys they just know how to score you make one mistake and it's in the back of your net and it's just like it's no longer in in junior it's a lot about there's really talented guys that can beat you in the NOL every guy's very talented and can beat you but they will exploit every opportunity they have to score so yeah have you become a a film rat now that that you have that ability to to go back and on the huddle apps and look at film and and break down plays yeah it's been great um i just just our team you can watch a couple guys and it's just unbelievable there's so many guys that are so good at playing into the system and they play it really well and it's just fun to watch especially our system just watching it's a lot of fun compared to other teams because we don't really sit back we're really aggressive and we play eli do you do you like the style of play that, that bill implements with your defense yeah, I love it. I mean, it's really the only way that I know how to play box lacrosse, um, basically pressuring the ball all the time, um, running all over the floor, but also staying tight. And I think something that Billy's really helped me with and touching on the film aspect is starting to recognize patterns that other teams are running because um, even though we're playing against the best guys in the world, and like Ali said, if you make a mistake, you know, you're, you're pretty much done. Um every kind of team will run similar patterns, like where they're getting the ball on the floor, where certain guys want to be. So once I started to recognize that a little bit later in the season, things started clicking and you get comfortable playing with certain guys and kind of get in a rhythm and in a zone. And that's, I think when we're at our best is when we're pressuring and communicating and staying tight. A lot of guys that, that go box the field, you know, will comment on how their box skills really help their field game with, you know, sticks in tight and close quarters really helping the field game. What's been the biggest adjustment for you going field to box? I think the first and most obvious one is just switching from long pole back to a short stick. Like if you saw me in my first camp in Vancouver back in 2017, it would maybe look like I'd never played lacrosse before because uh, <laughs> my stick skills were, were not nearly as good as they are now. So yeah. just having the opportunity to, to get more touches with the ball and, 
kind of get used to the stick. Um, and even these past two months, me and Wes have been shooting on moose like two or three times a week. So I feel like that's a part of my game that I have a lot more confidence in now. And uh, the other adjustment is just how fast the ball moves and how fast the game goes. Like defensively in the field game, you kind of have some time to reset yourself and relax almost um, and sort of see what's going on where in the box game, like somebody's coming to pick your back, the ball's flying around a million times. So you've got to rely a lot more on communication and uh, trusting your teammates, I think. And that's something that's also helped me with my field game in terms of uh, stepping up the communication and just intensity possession after possession. How was bubble life in Utah? Um, I mean, it wasn't like the greatest thing in the world. Like you're stuck in a hotel room for, for two or three weeks, basically. So there's only so much uh, NHL you can play and so much <laughs> play that you can order. But uh you know, it, it was good because being a guy that was new to the archers, I got to know my teammates really well. I got to room with uh, Matt McMahon, uh, my other defender, and we got a lot closer. So definitely a bonding experience, not something I would really want to do every year, um, but it was it was a cool thing to be a part of. And I'm definitely thankful to have been able to play lacrosse during the pandemic. Um, that was definitely a lifesaver for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ollie, who's the toughest matchup when you go and practice? Oh, that's a really tough question. We have so many good old guys. I, oh, to name one would be too tough. It's just everyone's so good. Different things. I'm trying to think. I played. I played with Audie growing up, and sometimes he'll just throw some stuff that you just don't know where it came from, and it's just he'll get right by you. We were uh, on the deep dive. We talked about Audie's first game uh, in that inaugural season in Colorado where he had five goals and four assists. Was that just a, another day in the park for him, do you think, Ollie? Yeah, it just takes one game for him, and he will just go off. In, in junior, it was the same way. He'll just beat you in so many different ways. He's just a really talented guy, and he just needed his shot, and he showed it. What about you? Who's the toughest matchup one-on-one for you? Yeah, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that Audie gives me a lot of trouble. Um, you know, there's just so many different things he could do. And if you're a half second late on an approach, the ball's in the back of the net. So he's definitely hard. I mean, we guard a lot of lefties being right-handed defenders. So I would say Grierzo is another really tough matchup because of never how hard he goes. No, he's always moving his feet. And when he has the ball, he's going – like really hard to the goal every time. And he's a big body. So he's tough to deal with. And he's got that like robotic, like stick work and shot where like, you don't know where he's going and he always holds onto the ball and puts it in the back of the net. So he's a really tough matchup for me. Absolutely. Speaking of lefties, does anybody wind up harder than Casey Jackson? (laughs) Maybe Connor Fields. That would be the only (laughs) other one I could think of, but yeah, Casey's got that golf shot going on when he's on, he's on. Who's the guy that the team's always waiting on? Who's always late? Ooh. I don't know. I, I've been the last guy on the bus a couple of times, so I won't <laughs> throw anybody under the bus there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're pretty good. I think most guys are uh, are on top of it. When you got Brody uh, directing the ship, yeah. it's hard to, to mess up. <laughs> uh, Ollie, here's a good one for you. What's the secret to a good pregame nap? Oh, it's definitely the food you eat beforehand, oh. you know? Yeah, you don't want to eat too, too heavy where you're rolling around, like, grabbing your stomach, but you just get the right amount of food in you, and you just go right to sleep. Was there a was there a, a pregame spot in San Diego that you guys would always go to, Eli? 
Um, Brody had a spot the night before games we'd go to a lot. It was like uh, pretty healthy. You get some grain bowls and stuff. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was called, but uh, we also uh, like to go to Applebee's sometimes. I think me, Sykesy, uh, Fields, and a couple other guys would, would go the Applebee's pregame route sometimes. So probably not the best thing to eat game day but night before the game uh it's a pretty good meal and get some nice deals there <laughs> what's your secret to a pregame now um the, the food's definitely important but i think you got to go dark room close the curtains put on a good movie turn the volume way down and just knock out for an hour or two my secret was just no matter what you got just got to keep your eyes closed just keep your eyes closed <laughs> the more you open your eyes the more awake you are just keep them closed no matter what happens that was a good secret for me um there is so much obviously going on in the world right now. What does lacrosse mean to you and the fact that now you've kind of missed it for a year, Ollie? Oh man, for me, it's just like rekindled that love for the game. Not to say I ever lost it, but it's like you just play and you go through the motions. But what I would give right now to just be back out there with the guys and just playing again would be, it would be unbelievable. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thankful for this in a way because it's something I took for granted before now I don't think I ever will again just because of how much I miss it. Eli, the medicine has been good for you, obviously playing in, in the professional field league and, and working camps and, and, and all the things that you're doing, but how important is the game to you? Uh, it's massive for me. I mean, as a full-time lacrosse player and coach, it's, it's everything that I do and it's a part of every day. So um, the months where like I wasn't playing and, you know, we're just doing zoom meetings with our team and not able to coach were pretty hard. So Every time we're able to get back on the field, whether it's coaching or, or playing, it's been it's been awesome. Um, especially these past two months, I've just been coaching like five or six days a week and outside every day. Um, you know, I get to work out with my shirt off with Bergie with the outdoor facility. Uh, don't bring the cameras for that one, but um, it's just been great. Um, it's it's nice to be able to to get the stick in my hand every day, and it's, it's definitely a blessing and something that's kept me going. The growth of lacrosse in Southern California is slowly getting there. Um, when I played for Anaheim, you know, in, in mid 2000s, there, there wasn't any really good youth lacrosse out there, period. Now with the SEALs Junior Program, you guys are doing a ton of work. What's the future uh, for San Diego youth lacrosse? And, and when are we going to see um, a guy from San Diego get drafted to the NLL? Yeah, I think – um, coaching on the West coast for the past few years, I have a pretty good idea of like what the talent is in Seattle and Oregon. And I would say California is mm -hmm. probably ahead of both of those States by a little bit, maybe a few years, especially SoCal and like the talent we have for like, even the peewee team with junior seals is insane. Like we got guys that are like 10 years old that probably have better hands than I do right now. So it's, it's been really cool to kind of coach those guys and, Cam and Wes and I and Moose always remind them like how lucky they are to be playing this game, especially in an outdoor box at their age. Cause that's not something that I was ever really exposed to or had the opportunity to do. And I think uh, when these young guys start um, getting a little older and playing in college and hopefully playing in the, uh, the college box league too, um, you're going to see a couple of these, uh, these young guys get into the league eventually. Ollie, how come you have zero social media presence? <laughs> oh, I gotta get on that to be honest with you. Uh, my buddies have been begging me about, um, yeah, just grinding my gears about that for a bit. I kind of <laughs> just like living under a rock, if I'm being honest with you. 
you know it's not even like i miss seeing what everyone does but it's yeah. i gotta get on it because you know i like seeing what other people do but i don't necessarily feel like putting it out myself eli get him on it would you yeah, come on, Ali. Let's go. Let's get you going here. Right, I'll get it going. I'm, I'll give me a month. It'll be up and running. Okay, we're going to hold you to that. Um, <laughs> we have to have a conversation, you and I, Eli. Um, I don't think Akon's underrated at all. <laughs> is this? Is I don't this, know. I think people a, forget is this about a him. Thing man. We got to worry about. Like, are people thinking Akon's not good? I don't know. It's like, I don't think people, I hear him come on as much lately. Uh, something I'm always trying to play in the locker room. When I was a freshman at Ithaca College, my uh, senior captain was a huge Akon guy. So we had that bumping in the locker room all the time. But I just want to make people aware. If you don't know who Akon is, you got to give him a listen. Uh, Ollie, do you know who Akon is? Yeah, you know, I've heard I've heard a few songs. It was like give it, a couple of years ago, he was pretty big. I don't know if I hear him too much anymore. Yeah, he's I think more he's more a background guy now than he was in his early days, but he's still phenomenal. Spotify, Akon, get on it all. You're going to fall in love with him. I'll run through his whole Spotify right after this. There we go. Question of the week this week, though, Eli, was uh, calling same seats. I agree with you. This should be a thing. Yeah, I was on a, a Southwest flight back from Baltimore the other day and of course, we get up in the air, fly around for an hour, and then, you know, there's something wrong with the with the plane, so we had to land again. And then you get off and reboard. So, you know, with Southwest, you don't have a seat, so you're still bored in the same order, but you're not necessarily guaranteed the same seat. I was lucky enough to get my exit row still, even though it was a middle seat. <laughs> I had the extra leg room, but uh, that's something they got to consider, I think. Yeah, that, that completely makes sense, 100%. Um, Window or aisle, Ollie? I like the window. Just I had a couple late night flights going to San Diego, and you need to sleep on the yeah. plane for sure. You guys remember Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> that Vaguely. was fun, right? Vaguely. Um, I've been told to ask you about Sippy Sippy, Ollie. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> yeah, I think that might be more of an Eli question. Yeah. Uh, Kiernan wants to know um, how you snuck into his room for free. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a greasy move. I managed to get myself a, a free room on uh, Sunday night after the Super Bowl somehow. So I think me and Kearney uh, bunked up in his bed for a little bit, but we were we were in pretty early. I think we uh, we had a little too much fun at the Super Bowl party, so we were in bed by like nine thirty. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? On Super Bowl, if if you're not done by ten o'clock, you didn't do Super Bowl right. Exactly. What was it like for you, Ollie, uh, being a young guy in Vegas? Was it your first time there? Actually, that was one of my concussion weekends. <laughs> it was right up. I had to get concussed right before Vegas. I know that that one's still kicking me. I've actually never been, but oh, I've heard a lot. It sounded like the guys had a lot of fun. There's nothing like they just they got the win, so you know yeah. they're gonna have a good time after that. That that was a, a pretty surreal moment for anybody involved in National Lacrosse because I never thought that we would get there. But when you saw, as a guy, like you said, Eli, that, that has been working with lacrosse on the West Coast, to, to see the amount of people that were at that game, sure, there was a, a U.S. boxing convention and all that, but to see the amount of people that were there supporting the NLL and, and cheering you guys on, that had to be a pretty cool moment. 
Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, the Orleans was like a perfect place to do it because it was a little bit smaller arena and yeah. it was absolutely packed. I still remember like Brody's goal at halftime, the crowd went absolutely nuts. I still tell him I was open. I had a closer shot, but uh, I guess we could trust him with that full field. <laughs> that was that was something. Um, I think Miramar probably would have been a, a, twice as cool just for the aesthetics, don't you think? Yeah, that would have been awesome. Uh, I was unfortunate that we weren't able to play that game outdoors uh, on the flight line. But if you remember, um, Ollie, it was actually raining a ton that day. So yeah. it might have been a blessing in disguise that we were playing uh, at the Changa because we would have been a wet one out there. No doubt. It would have been like growing up back home, eh, Ollie? Playing outdoor yeah. in the rain, in the box. It would have been something, you know. <laughs> This is, uh, like I said, uh, strange times. We're not together, uh, but it's so awesome that we could do this, guys. This has been um, a crazy past 12 months, but you guys are, are, are both doing so well in your day-to-day -day lives. What's it going to feel like, fingers crossed, December 3rd, when we get to be back at Pachanga? Ollie? I honestly can't wait. The fans gave me such a warm welcome every time I've been down in San Diego. There's no better place to play than there. And I'm just looking forward to it every day until we get back there. Eli, what about you, my friend? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's a long time coming, but it'll it'll feel like riding a bike when we get back out there. I'm sure I'll get the butterflies like I do before every game. Um, but I'm excited. It's been fun coaching a lot of youth guys down here. So I think uh, Wes has been doing a great job. Cam's been doing a great job kind of getting more people um, aware of the seals and um, it's going to be awesome to play in front of some familiar faces. So I can't wait. Fellas, this has been fantastic. Uh, I know Eli, you're making the road trip back up to the Pacific Northwest. What's your favorite part of that drive? Cause I've done it a few times. Um, Northern California is pretty cool. Like uh, going past Mount Shasta was awesome. Yeah. I've never seen that before. Um, I am actually stopping off in bend uh, to work a camp with former seal Nick Asello this weekend. Oh. Um, so, and former mammoth uh, member too. So yeah, I'll have to yeah keep him away from the cliff jumping up there. Um, <laughs> but Oregon is really cool too. Bend is a place I've only been once, but it's pretty special. And uh, getting back up to Seattle and seeing Mount Rainier on the way up will be a, a pleasant um, view. And I'm excited to be back with my guys coaching at uh, O'Day High School this spring, and then with the City Side Boys this summer. Is is um is that still Chris O'Doherty doing City Side? Yeah, so it's uh, it's O D and uh, Drew Snyder that started nice. City Side Lax uh, back like eight years ago. So uh, it's been nice having O D. You know, he's an eleven year NLL vet. He's taught me a lot about the game. I got to uh, credit a lot of my success to him, and it's been a great mentor and friend. And uh, we have I'll be living actually I'll be his neighbor when I get back. I'm crashing with him for a week and a half, and then uh, getting a place next door. <laughs> well. Safe travels, Eli. Ollie, hit the books. Get back to school, my friend. And don't be breaking that curfew that they have out there in, in Montreal. But, fellas, stay safe. It's been awesome to catch up with you and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, thank you very yep. much for having us on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Teddy. This was awesome. Ollie, good to see you, brother. I got to let you know, Emil Lawless says hi, too. Yo, when did you catch up with him? I'm with a couple of uh, high school buddies right now. So I mentioned your name and uh, – that you were uh, one of the best defenders to come out of uh, of, of your school there. <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. Tell him I said hi, too. Yeah, sure will.
Look at that. Bringing the world together one podcast at a time. Gentlemen, be safe. Take care. And don't forget, dive in.